0: Oh, man. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Well, it's been that good so far, huh? (laughs) Woo! Man. Well, my name is Brad. I'm the lead pastor and one of the teaching pastors here. And, um, yeah, this is honestly the first Sunday of of the year because last week we canceled because of weather and things. And um, so here's the great news about that. That means that you have perfect attendance this year. So give it up for yourself. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Barb and 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 Kim will be handing out gold stars at the end. It's probably the last one you'll get. So. Just kidding. Anyway, man, uh, we're excited about starting this brand new year. And, and, uh, you know, this year's been kind of weird already starting because Christmas fell at an odd time with church and things like that. And so the last two weeks, we've just been talking about habits. And uh, if you missed any of those, I highly recommend you going back and and catching those on our YouTube channel or on our website or on Facebook or on our app. That was an advertisement in case you were wondering. And so, but, you know, we've been talking about how these habits, these small habits, whether they're good or bad, over a course of time can really make a difference in your life and I think it'd be a a very good thing for you to start out with. But you know today we're going to start a brand new series our new year series if you will and it's titled All Things New. So we're going to spend a few weeks talking about what does that mean for us as followers of Jesus. All things new and that line actually comes out of Revelation chapter 21. And, and the apostle John, who we believe is the, the, the last living apostle, has been banished to the island of Patmos, and God has given him a vision of the future, of what is going to be happening. And he gives him this picture of what the kingdom is going to be like. He gives him a picture of what heaven is like, and he gives him a picture, picture of what the kingdom of heaven is like, and, and also just, you know, all the things that's going to be happening. And so he talks, starts talking about, about that. Verse 20, or chapter 21, verse number four. Here's what he starts saying. He says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And my guess is that many of us over the last couple of years, you know, with everything that's going on in our lives, uh, we've shed some tears. There's been some painful moments. There's been some things happening in our lives that, you know, were probably just unexpected and they've just been a gut punch to, to many of us and we wondered how do we go along and we look at this whole verse and we we think you know this picture of heaven what there is is there's no more pain there's no more suffering there's no more tears we love that picture you know and but but, but as we have struggled the last few years you know and, and, and some of it's out of our control you know there's there's been this whole covid things and and maybe you just suffered some setbacks in life of, of things again that, that weren't unexpected and you wonder how in the world am I going to go on and, and 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 we realize that that this is happening because we live in a fallen world, that that sin is here. And how do we escape some of those things? You know, as sin and death entered, we just, Jesus himself said, you know, you are going to have problems here. There's going to be some struggles coming at you. Listen to verse 5. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. That God is in the business of making all things. Things new, and maybe you've heard the line <laughs> as of late. You know that God is on the throne, and He's not surprised by anything. And honestly, I just said it just this last week. We've got some, some some close friends around us that are just struggling with some things that are happening in their lives beyond their control. You know, even in our own family. And and and, and you got to get back and, and reposition yourself and saying, you know, God is still on the throne, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what, what is happening. These things that God is on the throne, and he's not surprised by any of them, and he's working in the background, as the scripture says, making all things new. And we look at that, and we see that promise, and we love that promise, and, and, but we say, you know what, yeah, that's, that's when we die. You know, we, what John is prophesying about is heaven. You know, and, and so, yeah, I, I get that, and, and, and I love that promise, but, but what do we do about our times that we are in right now? But if you remember back in our series that we we talked about, about grown-up prayers, the disciples go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, there's something special about the way you pray. Would you teach us how to pray? And he walks through what we know as the Lord's Prayer, but there's a line in there in in, in the Lord's Prayer that that he talks about praying that, that God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so we, as followers of Jesus, are supposed to usher in this small piece of the kingdom. We are supposed to bring in that no pain, that no suffering, those no tears, right here. And for the people that we can influence in our in our sphere of influence, the people around us, our families, our co-workers, that we can be a little bit of the peace of uh, kingdom of heaven right here on earth, right now. We are called to be the salt and light of this world. That we are supposed to give this world flavor. We're supposed to be the ones that illuminate and, and show other people the way around of where we are supposed to go, this small portion of the of kingdom of heaven that we can usher in. That's what we're called to do as followers of Jesus. See, there is this newness, all things new, offered to us right now if we choose to accept it. We are supposed to stand out. We're supposed to be different than the world. It's that whole thing that we've been talking about in the last few series of, of this hope and this peace and this joy that we have as Jesus followers. That no matter what the circumstances are around us, no matter what we're going through, no matter the trouble we are in, we have this bedrock, this, this, this thing we cling to, this Jesus that gives us hope and peace and security. That our lives are radically transformed by the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so here we are facing a brand new year. And you know, let's just agree that most of us are hoping that this year's a lot better than the last few have been. We're hoping for something different, and maybe many of you made resolutions, and we talked the last couple of weeks how 92% are, of resolutions are broken by, by February, so you've got a few more weeks you know, to, to hang out there, but you know, the resolutions are all about Im- improving and, and getting better for ourselves, You know, you know that we're going to do better than what we did last year, and I'm afraid what so hap- happens so often is that we settle for, be- for better, that we settle for ourselves of being a little bit better when what God wants to do is make us new. He wants to make us new individuals, new people. He wants us to be totally different from the inside out. And that's part of it is we get so focused on, on all these external things, and, and most of our resolutions are, are about external things that we can do, that we can do on our, even on our own, you know? You know, we, we want to have better eating habits. We want to exercise more. We want to save more money. We want to go to church more. We, we want to be better versions of ourselves, and, and, and that's all great, and that's are all good things. But I think what happens so often is that we look at these external things and we try to change these external things hoping that it does something internally. That we do these things thinking we're going to have a better life, I'm going to have a better career or whatever it is so that, that we are happier on the inside. That we have, have more peace. You know, if I can just have more money, if I can have a better job, if I can live in a better place, that then I'm going to be happy. And we hope that all these external things actually change something internally. And I truly believe what God wants to do is change the internal which manifests itself on the external that when we become new people when we we are all things new when we're created new inside then it starts spilling out in all the things that happen on the outside and i believe that's what it's all about this year and we do want to change our habits and be better versions of ourselves but (laughs) and we want 2022 to be the best and uh, year that we, could, we can possibly have and, and we realize we've got to get rid of some habits and we've got to exercise more and we've got to add some habits to, to this and that and eat better and pray more and love better and, and whatever. And, but I'm telling you, real change comes in a different way. And I really believe that 2022 can be the best year that you ever have if you allow God to make you new, not just better. There's something about this newness, not just better that God wants to do for us. And so I challenge you, we're going to challenge you this year as we start this whole thing to make your spiritual life a a top priority, to engage and get to God, know know God more than you ever have before, better than you ever have, get closer to him than ever before. And then start focusing on the internal, focusing on what's inside of here. Get better on the outside, do all your New Year's resolutions, I'm all for it. But what we need is a new life. An, eternal, an internal renewal, a, a, an internal relationship with the creator of the universe through Jesus. You know, typically what we do at the beginning of the year is, is we focus on, on doing something different. And what I want us to do this year is to focus on being someone different. If you want real change this year, the best way to do it is to make a difference in, in, internally that comes manifests itself externally and we can be, be better people to those around us. God wants you to become new. God wants you to become a new person. And there's no better example of becoming a new person than Paul. And the Apostle Paul, you, know, you probably know his story, but he was Saul of Tarsus. He was a, a very religious individual, new religion inside and out knew the scriptures inside and out followed God in every point of his life and there was this whole new movement this new movement called the, the way the Jesus movement and and he was very frustrated because it, it rocked his whole religion world his whole view of, of religion he set out to destroy the way of Jesus and he actually went out and persecuted the, the church he put people in jail he stood by why others were were actually martyred murdered for, for their belief in Jesus and then he has this encounter with the resurrected Jesus on a road to Damascus. And everything changed. He became brand new on the inside. And instead of persecuting the church, he was persecuted for following and loving Jesus. So if there's anybody that we can listen to about this, this whole Jesus thing, it's Paul. And this new, new inside thing that we are trying to, to accomplish this year. Second Corinthians chapter 5, here's what Paul writes. Since we believe that Christ died for all, and I love that right there. Since we believe that Christ died for all, not just some. Every one of us here, Christ came for. If you were the only person left in the world on earth, he would have come anyway. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves and I want to stop just right there because our culture right now is telling us that it's all about you. Man, if it feels good, do it. You be you. Do whatever it takes to make you happy and Paul is saying that is not how we are supposed to live. We will no longer live for ourselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Listen to this chapter in verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, and I want you to get that ingrained in your mind, belongs to Christ. Anyone who belongs to Christ, we're going to go go there a lot today, has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. There's something brand new that happens. See, when Jesus came, he ushered in a a, a brand new way, man. It was totally counterculture to what religion was. He brought in a new covenant. He brought in a new commandment to love others. He brought in everything new when it came to, to this whole religion thing that everybody was accustomed to, that what they thought was right, of what they had to do to earn favor with God. Jesus ushered in this whole brand new way of thinking. And, and I just think sometimes we, we come here and we, we come to church and it's all good stuff, and we come because we want this improvement on the outside, we want to do better. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. We we, we have these things that trip us up. We have these addictions. We have habits that we want to change. And we think, well, this is where we need to do it. We need to be better. And and better is great, but that's not what God wants for you in 2022. He wants you to be new. All things new. And he is on a quest. He is reconciling. He's been reconciling the world back to himself forever. He wants us to be radically transformed from the inside out. Look at verse 17 again. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. You cannot belong to Christ and not be a new person. There's something fundamentally transformed on the inside of you when you give yourself to Christ, when you trust in him. And so I did I searched this last week as I was studying uh, of that, that phrase. But it was just fascinating to me. Belong to Christ. And there's all kinds of places in the New Testament that talks about belonging to Christ. And when I did the research, you can belong to one of two things. You can either be- belong to Jesus or you can belong to the world. Or you can belong to God or belong to the devil. That's the two choices that comes up when you belong to something in the New Testament. And we all belong to one of those things. And it's our choice of what we belong to. And there's something unique about belonging to Jesus. And there's so much we get when you belong to Jesus. And belonging to Jesus just basically means that you trust in him, that you've put your faith in what he has done on the cross. He's taken your sin, your wrongdoings, and paid the price that you should have paid for them. And by us trusting and having faith in in that, not our own works, we then belong to Christ. Paul, again, listen to this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. The words here, every spiritual blessing, if we belong to Christ, that's what we have. He loved us. He chose us for relationship. Before you did anything, he chose you. There was nothing you did. You didn't have to achieve a certain level for him to love you. The the verse here tells us that he chose you before the world even began, no matter what. I'm so afraid that many of you are sitting here today and say, well, God can't possibly love me because of the things I've done, because of the choices I've made. It doesn't matter. He chose you before the world. And there's something about being chosen that just really spoke to me. Because I remember at at times that I just didn't feel very chosen, you know. I don't know about you, but when I grew up in in school at Austin Elementary, way back forever ago, there was this great big brick wall out by the playground. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? And we would go out to play basketball or football or dodgeball or whatever it was. And everybody would line up against this big brick wall, and two people, the studs of of gym class, you know, would pick out the teams. Guess who was never chosen very often? (laughs) Very last ones, you know. I guess we'll take him, you know? But the picture I have here is as Jesus before, he wants a relationship with you, he chose you before the beginning even of the world. He goes on, verse six, so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. The glorious grace, this undeserved favor, there's nothing you've done to earn it, he just pours it out to us. See, we are all separated from God from birth, but he wants to restore that relationship, he wants to reconcile that relationship, he wants to have this new relationship with each and every one of us. He pours it out and you may not think that you are worthy because of what you've done, where you've been, how you've, where you've hung out, the choices you've made. But I'm telling you, this scripture tells you that the grace is there and poured out. And I don't know what your view of God is. Because I think this so often gives us our perception of who God is. Do we see God as, as, as vengeful or graceful? Is there a vengeful way of God? Yes, there absolutely is. There's no question about that. He's, he's a holy God. But there's this picture of grace here that I don't want us to, to lose because for too many years I grew up with this picture of, of, of God that he was up in heaven here on his throne watching my life and just waiting for Brad to make a mistake. That was how I pictured God is that he was there saying, okay, oh, you did it again, Brad. Oh, man, now look what you've done. And there's this whole guilt. There's this all, oh, man, you've messed up again. And that was my picture of God. But when you start getting a grace-centered picture of who God is, of how much he loves us, how much he wants us to be in relationship with, man, it changes the way you can relate to him. It changes the way you talk to him. It changes the way you pray to him. Because he loves you and pours out grace. Do we make mistakes? Absolutely. But he forgives us, and we can go back to him time and time again. Verse 7. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. These verses this week just jumped out to me. The terminology that Paul uses here, I think he wants us so much to understand how much abundance there is. When he talks about things like poured out, there's just so much of it, he just pours it out. We're showered with it, we're drenched in it. It's overflowing, there's this abundance That is the grace, that is the love that he has for us. Belonging to Christ. And he has all these things that we get when we belong to Christ. Listen to some of these. We have spiritual blessing. We have unconditional love that he chose us. We have all of this grace. He says we have kindness, we have forgiveness, we get wisdom, we get understanding. We are without fault in his eyes. Those are the things we get when we choose to belong to Jesus but Paul's not done yet Romans chapter 8 verse 1 <clears throat> so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus and because you belong to him the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death there's no more condemnation the power of the Spirit that we get the same Spirit resides in us that raised Jesus from the grave is the same spirit that embodies us when we belong to Christ. We get freedom, we get life, we get this abundance. Do you start seeing all the hope and and the encouragement that Paul is giving us here? I truly believe if we tag into this this year, we don't need a resolution. What we need is a revolution. That God would do something so deep inside of us that it would change us from the internal to the external. He would radically transform us and make us a new creation. That's what God wants to do with each and every one of us this year. And it's great news. It's the gospel of redemption. It's the gospel of of renewing ourselves, having a relationship with the one who made us and knows us better than anybody else. A little farther down in in chapter 8, Paul goes on, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons. Now listen to this. Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, and so many of us are sitting here paralyzed by our our fears for today and our worries about tomorrow. He's got it. He knows what's happening. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. There is nothing that can separate us from God's love not COVID, not bankruptcy, not divorce, not, not anything, not cancer, not anxiety, not depression, anything that we're dealing with. There's nothing that we're going through. There's nothing that you're going to experience this year that will ever separate you from God's love. The Scripture is very clear that our promise is that God loves us no matter what. We may not like the external circumstances we're going on. We may go through some very tough times this year, but God is still there, and he loves us more than anything. Verse 39, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That should encourage us. Man, I tell you what, after studying and reading these these verses, it, it gave me this new thought process of, man, God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Do you belong to Christ? And how do you know you belong to Christ? Is you are a new creation from the inside out. The old is gone. The new has come. When the internal changes you, the external follows. And we start seeing people in a different way. You start seeing the world in a, in a, in a different way. You see it the way God sees them. When you belong to Jesus, it changes the, the way you use your time. The things that used to be important that you thought you were getting ahead isn't, isn't as important anymore. The things that are really important is your relationship with God, your relationship with others. When, when, you belong to, when you belong to Jesus, it changes the way you use your money, the way you view money. You start seeing it, it as a God's money, and, and what can I do to further the kingdom? When you belong to Jesus, it changes the way you talk to other people, including your spouse, your children, the people you work with. The, the, the people who checks you out at the grocery store, the people who, who serves you at, at your favorite restaurant, whatever it is, it changes the way you relate to them. It changes the way that you behave. You see others in a different way. You see what their struggles are. You have compassion. You have love for them. Instead of saying, you know, trying to figure out, well, who's in or who's out? Who am I supposed to be against? Who am I supposed to, to love? No, it's everybody. You will never, ever be face-to-face with someone that Christ didn't die for. I don't care if they vote differently from you. I don't care if whatever it is they, they, they say on Facebook or Instagram or whatever those things are that you don't agree with and you want to have an argument with them, you'll never, ever be face-to-face with someone that Jesus didn't die for, and we are to love them. And I had to ask myself, and I, I would ask you the same question, what has changed in my life since I started following Jesus? Have I become a new creation? Or am I just going through the motions? And I think for some of us who have been following Jesus for a long time, and, and it's understandable, you just get beat down to a certain degree. You go along and <laughs> And you get to a point that 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 whole newness that you had when you first found out that Jesus loved you no matter what and he would actually forgive me for everything that I've done and you're so excited and it starts to wane after a while and then all of a sudden, you know, it starts becoming routine and you start just getting into the motions of of, of where we're heading and you you come to church, you serve a little bit, you give a little bit and, and things and you just don't have the excitement, you don't have that. And I think what God is asking for us to do is to become new again. That we can be restored we can be renewed you see other people around you probably know that you come to church and and you believe in this whole god thing and they're they're looking for answers themselves and they're looking at your life and saying you know well there's someone who you know believes in this whole god thing and follows jesus does it really make a difference in their life we are the salt and light We are the ones who are supposed to usher in the kingdom of God here on earth. We are the ones who are supposed to be the light and light paths of people saying this is the way that we are need, we need to go. And I challenge you as we start this brand new year to take a hard look at yourself. To look deep inside and ask yourself, am I a new creation? has God and is God doing a work inside of me that's changing me on the inside, that I'm getting closer and closer. I'm not going to ever reach perfection here. I'm going to make all kinds of mistakes, but am I getting closer and closer to what, who Jesus wants me to be? Am I getting closer and closer to loving people the way jo- Jesus wants me to? I believe that will change everything. So maybe this year it's not about resolutions. Maybe it's about an internal renewing of who you are In Jesus and and I think we need to change our mindset from being better to being new are you willing to however you do it getting on your knees praying with your eyes closed standing up taking a walk whatever asking Jesus to restore you and renew you so he can make all things new through you this year would you pray with me Father, we stand here at the beginning of a new year, and there's there's this hope that maybe it's going to be better. And for those of us who have said, you know, this is where I want to improve my life and resolutions or habits or, or whatever it is, God, give us the strength not only to do that, but help us to ask that tough question. Do I need to be renewed? Do I need to be restored? Maybe for some here for the very first time and saying, I'm going to trust Jesus with my life. So, Father, I pray that if anybody is is toying with that, that you just be so ever real and present to them right now. And for those of us who have been following you for any length of time, and we just admit and submit to you and confess that maybe we've just been going through the motions. That it hasn't been brand new. And so, God, we ask you just to search our souls, search us, and make us new, reconcile ourselves to you, and make us brand new so that we can finish what you have for us to do. It's in the amazing, powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Brad. I just, I just have gotten to realize that every single day I need to wake up and remind myself that I need Jesus. And I've got a short attention span. I can get through a day and I can mess up over and over and over again, but praise him, his mercies are new every single morning. And so I don't know about you, but maybe try that. Try waking up tomorrow morning or starting even right now and just saying, Jesus, help me be who you made me to be. Help me be a new creation right here, right now. And help me see it. And I tell you what, when you start seeing things, when you know it's not you and God is doing things through you, you just get so excited and you want to do it again the next day and the next day. So try that with me. If you're new today, we want to meet you. So come back and meet um, Brad and I. Um, in the back, there's a box we have to give you. And make sure you come back next week um, as we continue our series talking about all things new. Take care and have a good